For instance, often it's nowhere special. Maybe a train rattling not fast or slow from Melbourne to Sydney, and the lights fading. We've passed that wide river remembered from a tale about boyhood and fatal love, written in vodka prose, clear and burning. The lights fading, and then, beside the tracks, this particular straggle of eucalyptus, an inconsequential bit of a wood, a coppice, looks your way. Not at you, through you, through the train, over it. Gazes with branches and rags of bark to something beyond your passing. It's not the shroud of seeing, more beautiful than a million others, less so than many. You have no past here, no memories, and you'll never set foot among these shadowy, tentative presences. Perhaps when you've left this continent, you'll never return, but it stays with you. Years later, whenever its blurry image flicks on in your head, it wrenches from you the old cry, "O、oh、Earth, beloved Earth!" Like many another faint constellation of landscape does, or fragment of lichen stone, or some old shed, where you took refuge once from pelting rain. In Essex, leaning on wheel or shafts of a dusty cart, and came out when you heard a blackbird return to song through the rain. Was not quite over, and as you thought there'd be, there was, in the dark quarter, where frowning clouds were still clustered, a hesitant trace of rainbow. And across from the expected gleam of East Anglian afternoon light, and leaves dripping and shining, puddles, and the roadside weeds washed of their dust. Earth, that inward cry again, erd du lieb. The willows of Massachusetts. Animal willows of November, in pelt of gold, enduring when all else. Has let go of all ornament, and stands naked in the cold. Cold shine of sun on swamp water, cold caress of slant beam on bough, gray light on brown bark. Willows, last to relinquish a leaf, curious, patient, lion-headed, tense with energy, watching the serene cold through a curtain of tarnished strands. The cat as cat, the cat on my bosom, sleeping and purring, fur-petaled chrysanthemum, squirrel killer, is a metaphor only if I force him to be one. Looking too long in his pale, fond, dilated, contracting eyes, that reject mirrors, refuse to observe what bides a stock still. Likewise. Flex and reflex of claws, gently pricking through sweater to skin, gently sustain their own tune, not mine. I thou cat, I thou. When to my melancholy all is folly, then the whirr of the hummingbird, at intervals throughout the day, is all that's sure to stir me, makes me jump up, scattering, papers. Books, pens, to the bay window, and certainly, 
there he is below it. True aimed at the minute cups of coral bells swerving perfectly. The fierce, brilliant faith that pierces the heart all summer and sips bitter insects steeped in nectar, prima materia of gleam and speed away. A passion so intense, it driveth sorrow hence. April in Ohio. Each day the cardinals call and call in the rain, each cadence scarlet among leafless buckeye and passionately the red buds that can't wait, like other blossoms to flower from fingertip twigs, break forth as Eve from Adam's cage of ribs, straight from their mazed tree trunks. Lumps of snow are melting in tulip cups. Ceremonies. The ash tree drops the few dry leaves it bore in May stands naked by mid-July, when each day's evil news drains into the next, a monotonous overflow. Has the trees dying lost the right to be mourned? No, life's indivisible, and this tree, rooted beyond my fence, has been branch and curved twig, in leaf or bare, the net that held the sky in my window. Trunk in deep shade, its lofting crown offers to each long day's pale glow after the sun is almost down, an answering gold, the last light held and caressed. Those who want out. In their homes, much glass and steel. Their cars are fast, walkings for children except in rooms. When they take longer trips, they think with contempt of the jet's archaic slowness. Monastic in dedication to work, they apply honed skills impatient of less than perfection. They sleep by day when the bustle of lives might disturb their research and labor beneath fluorescent light in controlled environments fitting their needs as the dialects in which they converse with each other or with the machines which are not called machines, are controlled and fitting. The air they breathe is conditioned. Coffee and coke keep them alert. But no one can say they don't dream, that they have no vision. Their vision consumes them. They think all the time of the city in space. They long for the permanent colony. Not just a lab up there, the whole works Moles, racket courts, hot tubs, state-of-the-art ski machines, entertainment. Imagine it, they think, way out there, outside of nature, unhampered, a place contrived by man, supreme triumph of reason. They know it will happen. They do not love the earth. The Stricken Children the wishing well was a spring bubbling clear and soundless into a shallow pool, less than three feet across, a hood of rocks protecting it, smallest of grottoes from falling leaves, the pebbles of past wishes peacefully underwater, old desires forgotten or fulfilled. No one threw money in, one had to search 
for the right small stone. This was the place from which, year after year, in childhood I demanded my departure. My journeying forth into the world of magical cities, mountains, otherness, the place which gave what I asked, and more, to which, still wandering, I would return this year as if to gaze once more at the face of an ancient grandmother. And I found the well filled to the shallow brim with debris of a culture's sickness, with bottles, tins, paper, plastic, the soiled bandages of its aching unconsciousness. Does the clogged spring still moisten the underlayer of waste? Was it children threw in the rubbish? Children who don't dream or dismiss their own desires and toss them down, discarded packaging? I move away, walking fast. The impetus of so many journeys pushes me on. But where are the stricken children of this time, this place, to travel to, in time if not in place? The grandmother wellspring choked, and themselves not aware of all they are doing without. Tragic Error The earth is the Lord's, we gabbled, and the fullness thereof. While we looted and pillaged, claiming indemnity, the fullness thereof given over to us, to our use, while we preened ourselves, sure of our power, willful, willful or ignorant, through the centuries. Miswritten, misread, that charge, subdue was the false, the misplaced word in the story. Surely we were to have been Earth's mind, mirror, reflective source. Surely our task was to have been to love the Earth, to dress and keep it like Eden's garden. That would have been our dominion, to be those cells of Earth's body that could perceive and imagine, could bring the planet into the haven it is to be known. As the eye blesses the hand, perceiving its form and the work it can do. Engraved. A man and a woman sit by the river bank. He fishes, she reads. The fish are not biting. She has not turned the page for an hour. The light around them holds itself taut. No shadow moves, but the sky and the woods, look, are dark. Night has advanced upon them.